the Gab by the Independent Press Award. I'm your hostess, Gabby Olzak. Joining us today is Liz Bentley, Bensley, author of The Glimpse, winner of the 2022 Independent Press Award for General Fiction. Liz lives in Santa Cruz, California. She's written for the New York Times, the International Herald Tribune, Art News, Hell Decor, Fine Cooking, and the Santa Fean. Though The Glimpse is her debut novel, Liz has also penned the Women's Health Cookbook and the Adventures of Milo and Flea. Congratulations, Liz, and welcome to The Gab. Thanks so much, Gabby. So good to have you. So Liz, The Glimpse is your first novel. However, you did publish a cookbook and a children's book. So what led you to this genre and how would you summarize The Glimpse? It's a very long and windy road, but I've been writing fiction since I was young. And I've actually been working on this book for a long time, but I was a journalist for a long time and was really focused on that. And then when I moved to Santa Cruz about 20 years ago, there wasn't enough journalism work here to support my two boys. So I launched into this book and then also got a day job. So yeah, and why I wanted to write this book, I was really interested in, I was really interested in, because I had been an arts reporter in New Mexico for quite a while and New York. I was very interested in the abstract expressionist movement, which in which this novel is set. And I was also interested in what happens to a, a star, a rising star in the beginning of a movement who looks like they're going to just explode onto the scene, but then who disappears. And that's basically the path of my protagonist. Your main protagonist, Liza, is an artist. As you mentioned, she is introduced to us during the abstract expressionist uh, period during the 1950s in New York City. Um, I read an article in The New Yorker, actually, that was entitled The Campus Ceiling, and it described the plight of women artists during this period. And it said amidst the art obstacles and patriarchy, there was this was a period when a woman gave up everything to be a painter and made a fair exchange. And I think the author is specifically talking about giving up a child if necessary. Is, is this still true uh, today? Liz? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It Tell was a little really bit about that. <laughs> yeah, it was considered the kiss of death for your career if you wanted to be a mother or if you chose to be a mother. And most of the artists in that era had abortions because they were they were basically mothering their careers. It's surprisingly still true today. I have friends who, who work in academia as and, and are working artists. And they said when they were going to graduate school, it was still the sort of unspoken rule that if you want a career as an artist, you don't have children. And I think young women now, because I've interviewed a lot of young women, and many of whom have to have some sort of job to support their artwork. We're not talking about wealthy women who can have nannies and childcare and cleaning women. This is These are women who are trying to make somewhat of a living on their art, but need to bolster it up. And really, there's it's, it's almost impossible to be doing having a young child and finding time to do your work. And having some part of a job. So it's still a big struggle and it often takes women years to really get their work out. Um, so, the, so the patriarchy and the mm -hmm. um, artistic world is still very, very much there. Right. And women are finally beginning to get noticed. I mean, in the Me Too movement and the current Black Lives Matter, women, you know, you start like the Viet Venice Biennale this year was mostly women artists. And that's really new. I mean, for the longest time, 80% of the collections in museums were male artists, and most galleries supported men, and you didn't dare tell your gallerists that you were pregnant, even today. 
So yeah, it's still an issue. And it's an interesting one to think about because the creative process is, it's an ongoing process. It's not something that you pick up and put down. It's not like going and working in a bank where you leave your job behind at five. You are always working on your creative ideas, whether you're actually manifesting them or not, you are still working on them. And then to have like, let's say you put your child down for an hour nap and you've got an hour to work. It's really hard to turn that on and off so quickly. So it's it's a very demanding load you take on when you want to do it all as a as a creative woman. Absolutely. Um and and that brings me to another question. One of the important themes in your book is the relationship between women. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly Liza and her teenage daughter Rouge and Liza and her best and her childhood friend Tess. Paint right. a portrait if you will of the dynamics in each of these relationships and their relevance in the story. Tess, her best friend, is basically her yin-yang, is her is everything Liza isn't. Liza is spontaneous. Liza is tremendously gifted and a real risk-taker with her work. Tess is very formal, and, and, and she's the organizer, and she's the champion, and she's the one to pick up pieces when Liza leaves them scattered around. They really fit together like two pieces of a puzzle. And they are devoted to one another in a strange way because they're so different. So in a way, having, you know, having Tess in Liza's life was almost like her having a husband. She did not have a husband. She did not have a partner. Um, She gets pregnant kind of in a drunken ordeal one night. And she just finds that she can't have an abortion, even though she goes to an appointment to have one. And she doesn't really understand why. It's so important for her to have a child until she goes through many years and gets it. I'm not going to give it away at the end, but um, it's just, it's very important. And of course, her daughter is, she adores her daughter and she wants to be a good mother. It's very important for her to be a good mother. Again, for reasons we'll find out later, but she just, you know, that she really needed to be an art star and be a good mother. And these two very different drives really rips her apart and tortures her a lot as she's trying to give all her all to both. And I, you know, and that was, that was an interesting, it was interesting trying to write Liza because I wanted her to be selfish about her career, but I didn't want her to be a mommy dearest. I wanted her to try to be a good mother. And that was a very hard road to walk without her spilling two way, one way or the other. Which I'm sure was something very, very common during that period. Right. Uh, and and you you threw several real characters into the story, namely the artists Hans Hoffman and de Kooning. How much of them did you make up to fit them into your story? Uh, I did a lot of research, which as an arts reporter, it was a year of complete joy because I love that era. It was so crazy and so fresh and just the characters to dabble with were a joy. But it was interesting. In some ways, they were the hardest part to write because I wanted to be as true to the characters as I could and like not have them say something that they wouldn't normally have said. So I was very cautious about, with de Kooning particularly, I basically pulled a exactly things that he said in real life, which including is the line where the title comes from, content is a glimpse of an emotion. And uh, that that's something that he's been quoted many times as saying. So yeah, they were fun, but they were also kind of tortuous. I find, I find that to be a fascinating period also. Um, very uh, similar to the artist community in Paris around the same time, actually even early. There was quite a community amongst the um, artists and mostly male dominated. Uh, right. That the women were really more in a support position 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and you did mention the title of The Glimpse and mm-hmm. that it was actually taken from a de Kooning interview. What does that mean to you about the content? So Liza was, is an abstract painter, and I modeled all her paintings that I talk about after the work of Joan Mitchell, who was a very successful artist, who still is extremely successful, even though she's long past. And Joan's biggest regret in her life was that she never had a child. So in some ways, I was trying to model Liza somewhat on Joan. What if Joan had had a child? What would that have done to her career? But as an abstract painter, uh, since it's very abstract, to, you know, to say, to explain it, a lot of painters didn't know when their work was done. So de Kooning, for example, had to have paintings taken away from him because he would just keep working and working and working because you're really creating a sensual experience. You're not creating something that people could easily identify with. So I think for that content is a glimpse. So what are you, what is the glimpse of the essence you're pulling out of this painting? And I think in writing about characters, you know, we're really trying to capture glimpses of who they really are. It's hard to capture the completeness of a character in anything we write because it's a you know small contained story, but to get a feel for really their essence. So it was both the painting and also the writing of it. So, so then the glimpse is biographical in a way. It's a little biographical. It's not really. Um, my mother was a very creative person, but in many ways, I think if if I can relate, and a lot of my friends have said, oh, well, you're the daughter. You're so, you're so much like the daughter. And I was going, well, no, I really wasn't like the daughter as much as a sort of more the struggle with the mother. I had two, two sons. I have two sons and I divorced my first husband and when they were quite young and I was a single mom for several years until I met my second husband who who happens to be a sculptor. And my journey writing The Glimpse was like Liza's journey trying to launch her career. It took her years and years of trying to do both before she really had the elements come together and bring her back to her vision that she had initially, but she had it very tentatively. She needed to have a child to complete her in a way. So I would say that element, that thread is very similar to what I experienced. So you were able able to really personally understand the struggle that your protagonist was going through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, which character did you find the most challenging to write? Oh, the mother, for sure. Like Why I said, so? the daughter was, the daughter, <laughs> she, she was, she's a very independent, self-sufficient, salt of the earth character. And I, she just, she, she was birthed that way. I mean, she came out, that was the personality that was talking to me in the book, you know, and and when you're, I I mean, I think a lot of writers can identify with this. When you're writing a book, you're driving around having conversations, your characters are having conversations in your head all the time. And this was just the being who came out. She was easy to capture. In fact, I thought she was a little too easy. The mother, I had to rewrite so many times. I mean, at first she was too bitchy. And then she was too soft and then she was too weak and then she was too aggressive and trying to find that balance. It really, it took me years to get her right. So let's not spoil anything, but tell us a little bit about Ben. We expect him to be up to no good. And then along the way, you surprise us. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, I think with, and I had to discover this as you know during rewrites is when you're trying to guide a story 
You really want the story to stay on the path you're guiding. And it's really easy to introduce elements that will pull the story a different way. So for that reason, it was really important for me not to have a father figure because I didn't want this story to be about the daughter searching for her father. I wanted that to be, you know, a moot point, not, um, not an issue because I wanted to keep it really this story between the mother and daughter and their creative struggles. The daughter discovers that she has a real talent for photography through Ben coming back. Ben is one of Liza's, quote, old lovers brought back and then discarded the way Liza would do that. She would basically just, she just needed that hit of a connection and then she was done with men. And Ben becomes a real mentor to the daughter. And, but I, you know, I, I wanted him to stay a good guy mentor kind of thing. So he was, you know, to keep him balanced and there, uh, to keep her balanced and there, there was, you know, part of the story too. There are a lot of interesting characters. I, I just love the book. Uh, have you considered a sequel, Liz? Yeah, a lot of people have asked me about a sequel. And it's interesting, one of the, the rewrites I did, I had an, an intro where I come back as a journalist to interview Liza, who has become a very successful artist. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And she's talking about her daughter and how she has a pretty difficult sort of on again, off again relationship with her daughter. Her daughter's off in Paris being a very successful photographer. So that that was a thought I had as a sequel, um, in part because I lived in Paris about when Rouge would have been in Paris. So I thought that could be kind of fun to do. Well, what does Rouge do with her career and how do they come yeah. together later in life? So, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe that could be a sequel. I love that. Um, what are you working on now? I am working on a very zany story based on my husband's childhood which is called Raised in Captivity. He was, he comes from, he was a born of a Greenwich blue blood corporate family and he was given up at birth. His mother had an affair with a lifeguard in Malibu and she got pregnant. The baby was taken from her at birth. I think she gave him up. She, she was young and did not want to be saddled with a child. It's, he got adopted by Grant, by Christian fundamentalist hillbillies who wanted to raise a good little Christian soldier. And he was a another freewheeling artistic spirit who wanted nothing to do with that. So this is the story based on the story of his childhood and how he survived that huge ordeal. So, wow, yeah. I'm hooked. Uh, when, when, should, when can we expect this? Oh, I'd love to get this book done this next year, but we'll see how it goes. Wow. Well, I hope we, it won't take, I hope it won't take 20 years. I don't think it will. My boys are grown and out of the house, so I don't have Oh, you have plenty of time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we look forward to that. So lastly, Liz, how can listeners find out more about you and The Glimpse? I have a website, www.lizbensley.com. That's the best way to track me down. And you can send me an email through that website. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. This is Gabby. Back, Gabby. Of the Gab. Until next time, keep on reading.